Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, The Choice to Leave Corporate with Cheryl Dawson. I know you are going to love Cheryl's work story because it is so relatable. When you're thinking about leaving your job, it can be pretty stressful and overwhelming and confusing and scary. (laughs) So there's a lot of thinking and spinning and thinking and spinning about leaving your job, and it can go on for years. And in my guest's story, it wasn't just leaving her job. It was leaving her corporate career. Is this going on for you? Have you been thinking about leaving corporate or changing jobs or perhaps going from being a paid employee to an entrepreneur? Well, buckle up because there's a lot of midlife goodness and insightful gems coming your way. Like I said, my guest today is Cheryl Dawson. Cheryl started her own business as a leadership coach and time management expert after 20 years in a corporate career. Now she works with leaders of people, individual contributors, and business owners, all of whom want to show up and be seen as leaders wherever they are. She helps women leaders with time ownership, leadership skills, and real self-care so people can do work they're proud of. Let's dive in. Enjoy this interview. Hi, Cheryl. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. One of the reasons I was so excited about having you on is because you are like a classic, I was a corporate person. I was a corporate woman. I was doing the whole corporate thing. And then slowly but surely, you started to get the realization that it just wasn't working for you anymore. And you made a change. And you know me, I'm super excited about how women make change. So that's what I want to go into today. Um, Let's start by just talking a little bit about what was going on in your 40s, And, you know, what was your life like in that world? And when did you start to notice little things that you may want to change? Tell us everything. (laughs) Absolutely. So here it is. I'll set the stage. I had just made my seventh move, geographical move with the company I was with. So I wait, 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 geographical move. When, When I read that note, I thought, oh, you're just switching jobs in the same city. No. So every single time, every time of those seven times, I moved somewhere. And so that most recent one, I had moved out to the east coast of Canada, and then I had moved back to British Columbia. So I just made this huge cross-country move. Wow. The biggest difference this time was I had a kid with me. So when I'd moved out east, I was pregnant. And when I came back, I had my little girl. Um, And so she got settled into school in this new location. And it kind of hit me. I thought I was done moving. And so this had been kind of the key to my career all this time as I had moved and taken on these new big leadership challenges every time. And I just felt in my heart of hearts, I wasn't sure that I was going to drag my kid around continuously or myself. I felt ready to settle down. And so then I realized, okay, so what does that mean for me in my career? 
am I going to spend the next however long in this one job in this one location after I've been used to the thrill of a new job every few years? And so then I started really looking forward to, okay, well, when I'm 50, I can take early retirement and maybe I'll start a business. And I realized that was a bit of a red flag because I thought, am I just going to stagnate for the next 10 years until then? Didn't feel Mm. good. So I realized that change was probably on the horizon at that point. Wow. And you thought of it as stagnation. I did for me. Um, I think because there were probably all kinds of other reasons. I was starting to worry that I wasn't learning. I was also finding myself speaking up more and more um, in ways that weren't always welcome. And I found that as I got older, as I, as I talked to many other people at this life stage, it's harder and harder to keep your mouth shut. You, uh, <laughs> I think you just you speak up more freely. And I would have found myself doing that. And more and more realized that it was probably time to make a shift. I probably learned what I was going to learn. And I didn't want to not be learning in my career, even though I had lots else going on in my life now at this point with a a family that I never had before. I still wanted my career to be a place where it felt exciting. And I felt that I was learning and growing. It's so interesting, too, that the moving you found exciting, that that was part of the thrill of your career trajectory. Absolutely. Yeah, I did. I mean, I'm not sure I would have drawn it out that way. I didn't know that before I started this. I, you know, frankly took a job. And then a few years later, someone said to me, listen, if they ever ask you to move, say yes. And so I did that. And then I just kept doing that. And it was exciting. I got to meet new people. I got whole new teams. I had to learn new markets every time. Uh, So it was challenging and exciting. And so, yeah, it was a big shift to realize that that part of my life was probably complete, or at least for now. Yeah, no, I can really see that. And certainly stagnation, feeling stagnant is something that comes up all the time, almost in the same breath as feeling stuck. You know, and a lot of times we don't realize that there, there often is a big change between being in the first five or 10 years of a career, and then what it's like when you've been there 20 plus years. I was going to conferences and meeting people. It was so exciting. And then you realize, at least for me, at the 19-year mark, I was kind of at the top end of the learning curve in that piece. And there just weren't the same opportunities. And I just wasn't growing in the same way. And I also felt stagnant, but you seem to have had more clarity than I did. (laughs) I dragged it on a long time myself. You were kind of anticipating stagnation. I think perhaps, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not great at sitting around. So maybe I got antsy quickly. (laughs) Totally. Interesting. Oh, I love that. I love that. And also what you talk about is what you've mentioned is like speaking up a lot. Yeah, we do have what to say. But a lot of times it's not really appreciated and people with newer ideas who are growing (laughs) and seeing different things, um, those ideas are appreciated in a different way. So uh, sensing that that changed a little bit too, your urge to speak up. For sure. Interesting. Yes, for sure. And I think that's um, a good thing. And I think it's a normal part of maturity and getting older and also more experienced like you have 
you can see more so you can say more and also you're in a different position i wasn't really afraid of what could happen to me if i said the wrong thing yes anymore. whereas as a younger employee absolutely i would have been much more cautious and as i got older i felt less need to be so cautious and also what you mentioned about your daughter like when it's somebody else you could see that some of the choices that you would have to make to continue on growing corporately the way you had been wouldn't be in alignment with what you wanted personally in your personal life. And I think it was probably easier to see because it was your daughter versus figuring it out because it was your just yourself. For sure. Yes. I think becoming a parent is pretty clarifying. Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, and it is easier often to do something for someone else like your kid than it is to do it for yourself. But when I really thought about it, the truth was I also was ready for a little more calm in terms of my personal life and where I lived and having a home I felt I could settle into. Um, yeah, that is absolutely all true. And, and certainly there was definitely a piece of my career as it had been no longer felt very much in alignment with the life I want to create for my family. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful. So when you think back to making that change and what you were dreaming about and what you knew, how much of it do you think had to do with having more influence? Certainly that, that was a huge piece of it is I wanted to feel like my voice was heard and that I could have an impact on things that I really cared about. So that was absolutely a big piece of it. It was really came down to, for me, um, I wanted to be able to have more influence and I wanted more freedom for myself personally. So like from a work perspective, it was influence. From a personal perspective, it was freedom. Oh, that's such good insight. I also started to feel that way, but I didn't realize it at the time. I only realized it once I was on the other side and into my business for a, a few years. And I kind of felt like, you know that YMCA song, that why, when you're just, your arms are up. That's how I felt, unencumbered. And, you know, I missed a lot of the system and the process that was in place to support my work. Sometimes I did miss it because it was easier to have all those other smart people supporting you. <laughs> but, sure. yeah. but on the other hand, things happened so quickly and you could be, it was so much easier to be creative and to really focus on the impact that you want to make, like exactly what you said. So good. So what did you think you were going to do at that time? Were you more leaning more toward finding another corporate job where you didn't have to move or were you ready to dive? Yes. So here's the clarity piece. I'll tell you, I don't feel like you ever have perfect clarity and clarity evolves over time. And that's certainly what happened for me. I was definitely dreaming of one day having my own business, but I thought not yet. That's like for 10 years from now. And so what I thought I would do was take on a leadership role with a local company. So I wanted to find somewhere where I wouldn't be asked to move because they were centered where I live. And so that's where I started is I was actually looking at different career opportunities. And what happened was I found myself so mad that I ended up starting a business. <laughs> well, what was bugging you? So what I did was, it, as part of my research, is I you know, made a list of all the possible companies, and then I want to look at their executive leadership team. I was 
just seeing like, do I know any of these people? What, who have they got on board? What are they like? Like trying to do a little research before I started reaching out to people. And the research was grim. There were so many men, so many white middle-aged men. And occasionally there was a woman who was the head of HR that I just like, you know, I go through crossing, I was crossing companies off the list. Nope, they're off the list. Nope, they're off the list. Nope, they're, and the list was getting very short. And finally, I thought, this is exasperating. Uh, am I really going to make an impact being some company's token woman? Or would I be better off to start my business now and support other women leaders so that I can have an impact beyond just myself being one woman in a leadership role? And so, you know, it's a maybe a funny business origin story, but that is really what happened is I thought, I'm so mad, I'm going to start a business. You know, I think that's awesome, though, because a lot of times clarity comes from responding to something rather than I mean, even when I was so stuck, I remember one of the I was stuck before I knew anything about coaching. And so one of the things I did was, you know, some classic brainstorming based on interests and some skills. And just to really look at this grid I created to see all the things I, I was really passionate about. And then I started looking into them and it was while I was looking into them that I had a reaction. It's like, oh, yes, this is, oh, this is interesting. Let me learn a little more. Or, oh, my God, I could never do that, although I'm still interested in the overall topic. And I love that you realized that. I mean, I don't know that you would have been looking for that right off the bat, but it just came. Were you surprised that your passion ended up being leadership? Is that can you describe a little bit about the type of work you were doing? Sure. Yeah. In, in corporate, you mean? Yeah. 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 So I had worked in banking for 20 years um, and I was interested in leadership roles. So I started out in frontline sales and quickly said, like, I'd like to be the manager. And so I, I was able to do that. So I moved into progressively more and more senior leadership roles. My last couple of roles were at the executive level. And so my passion all that time was not banking. It was leadership. And ah. so I enjoyed, you know, money and finance and learning about that. But when I, I will say, when I was looking at even new jobs, I was not looking in finance. I was ready to learn something else. I thought mm. I know everything there is to know about mortgages. I don't care. I don't <laughs> learn more about them. <laughs> I've got that down pat. Um, I wanted to focus on learning new things and I love leading people. I have always enjoyed um, learning about people, what makes them tick, how I can help them. And so leadership was definitely my passion. I would say what's evolved for me though is my definition of leadership. I think that at first my passion was really around helping people manage their employees better, making workplaces better for all employees through better leadership. And that still is very important to me. But as I've spent time in the business world, I've realized that leadership is more than just managing employees. Part of that is I have you know, one contractor on my team right now. So for the first time in many, many, many years, I don't have a team of people and definitely not a large team of people like in my last corporate role. And so, but what I've realized is leadership is still at play. I'm still a, trying to be an authority, a thought leader, I'm still showing up as a role model and an example. I'm still going first on things I believe in. That's all leadership. Oh, my gosh, that's so good. 
And what you're really talking about, too, is transferable skills, which is something I wanted to get into with you, because I think what you saw in your career, and maybe this wasn't where you were going when you were first hired, right? But that you didn't get really turned on by, you know, the field that you were in. It was more the way you maneuvered in that field and the way you could contribute. And so what comes up so much with uh, women in the middle is especially ones who are ready for a change of employment. Um, I don't think they have an appreciation for their own transferable skills. And sometimes it's from their employment and other times it's from their personal life or their volunteer experiences or their, their experience managing homes and everything that goes on in a home. So when you started to think about your transferable skills being more focused on leadership, did that help you get ready or help you get more clarified about the way you can contribute in your own business? For sure. Yes, it did. Because I think at first I realized, okay, I want to start this coaching business. I want to help other women in leadership. And then I felt like it was a blank slate. I thought, well, I know nothing about business. I got to take a million courses and figure this out. And then I sat back and I realized, and especially as I got into some courses and started actually talking to fellow business owners and listening to the coaches teaching me, I realized, whoa, 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 Cheryl, you're selling yourself short here. I have an MBA. I spent 20 years running businesses for someone else. I do know about business. I know a lot about business actually. And then I started to think about as well, leadership and broadening the definition of that and realizing that what I was doing as an online entrepreneur was also leadership. And so, yes, absolutely. I think that sometimes you have to get started down a path to make yourself realize, whoa, actually I do have skills, but that's what happened for me for sure. Oh, I love that. And I think that's such an important thing to remember that this is different between us being 20 and us being 50 something or whatever is now we have experience. So when yeah. we were unemployed and really young and just starting out, we didn't have the experience to rely on. So our transferable skill base was very different than it is now with 20 or 30 years experience to draw from. But also the way we were brought up and more, I don't know, like when I was young, I really wanted a full time permanent position and I wanted to accrue seniority and I wanted to get another week's vacation. And that's really what I considered to be a gold standard of success, mm -hmm. right? And so I wasn't trained really, or maybe it was just me blocking myself probably, but <laughs> I just wasn't really thinking about transferable skills in the same way, right? Absolutely. But now it's so obvious to me as a coach when I'm coaching clients what those transferable skills are. And I think your story really, really puts a highlight on that too. Yes, absolutely. I think the other thing that has helped me is a big part of my career as a leader of people was getting to know each person individually to get to understand what they brought to the table. And one of the things that helped me succeed was that I was very good at finding hidden gem employees. So people that by their resume maybe didn't look perfect for the role. And part of the reason I had to do this is I typically was given rural markets where there wasn't as much talent to choose from. And so you had to open your mind to who could do what jobs and understand things like what you talked about is maybe their years of running a home actually perfectly prepared them to run a business. And so <laughs> that's great. Those strengths in people 
And then turning that back on yourself and going, okay, yeah, what are my experiences? What am I bringing to the table here? And it's probably more than you're giving yourself credit for. Oh my God, that's so good. So another thing that you mentioned very briefly, I want to talk about a little bit is that you took a course. And I remember the first business course I took, I was so uncomfortable spending the money on myself when I didn't know what the heck I was doing and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. It felt so indulgent and I was so uncomfortable spending that money. I remember going on a walk in the dog with my husband and you know, really talking it through. And, and I just felt that because I didn't have the perfect plan with the perfect guarantee, who am I to be taking this course? So did you have any angst when it came to making a commitment to take a course on yourself? So probably some, yes. Um, I come from a corporate background where I was used to getting things paid for. Uh, you know, they had paid for my MBA, in fact. And so then to be like, oh, I'm going to pay for it myself. Uh, so there was a little bit of that for sure. Although I will say over the years, I'd certainly done a lot of work around embracing that my money is my money and I can spend it how I choose. But I will say my first course was definitely a smaller investment. And I had to do that first, I think, to be able to make, I made some bigger investments later, but the first one was the kind of the minimum I felt that I could spend to get the knowledge I needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I more comfortable. Oh my gosh. It, me too. Me too. And I also have become much better at knowing what I need when I need it. So yeah. it's not as like, I feel like I'm a more knowledgeable consumer right now of the education, the training, the coaching that I need at that time. And those are definitely easier decisions for me to make. But at the beginning, it can be hard because you don't really know what you don't know. Exactly. Yes, for sure. And so I think that you do get better at it over time. I also think what you talked about before around embracing your transferable skills helps. Because if you can acknowledge like, actually, I'm really already quite good at this one piece. I don't need a coach for that. What I need a coach for is X, Y, and Z or a course or whatever. And so I think the more you can acknowledge what you do already know, it will help you make better investments because then you'll focus on the things you actually do need some support with. Okay, so excellent. So you start moving in that direction. You're angry with what you see in corporate everywhere. <laughs> you're like, not enough women. What the heck's going on here? <laughs> and then you have to like, you know, start doing things, taking risks, building things, putting yourself out there. And I know when I first started that, I was very um, nervous. Actually, I had fear about proceeding, moving forward without a guarantee, without having all of the I's dotted and the T's crossed and knowing how everything's going to go as if that means it's going to go that way. <laughs> We're hilarious, aren't we? Yeah, but I'm just wondering, what was that like for you when you made some decisions to pursue being an entrepreneur and focusing on women in leadership in some way, but to proceed without knowing everything. Yes. Uh, so I think the biggest tool I employed was something that I've used in other ways before. And this time I had to really use it financially is looking at the worst case scenario. And so I've done that over and over in my life. As I think one thing that helped me, I will say is having taken a bunch of risks before. So many of those big moves I made were risks. 
people would say, can you come take this on? It's an absolute mess or it's failing right now. <laughs> that's a risky thing to do, to move across the country to try to take something that's failing and make it succeed. Because if you fail at that, then there's consequences, right? So mm. I'd already done a lot of risks in my corporate career, which had made me a little tougher at taking risks, I think. But then beyond that, as I took this one, the biggest thing I had to overcome was realizing that I probably wasn't going to bring in a bunch of cash day one. And so I had to be comfortable looking at my money and saying, am I okay spending some of the money that I've earned over the years to support myself while I build this thing I want to build? And so that's a huge leap of faith on yourself. Oh, yeah. And so it took some work to do that. And, you know, there's still days where I have to talk about that with myself. But that's been, I think, the biggest work is realizing that I earned this money. And so if I'm going to spend it for a little while on supporting my business or building my business, that's my right to do. That's really an investment in yourself, literally, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely. so good. The other thing I love about not knowing exactly how everything's going to go, <laughs> it's just so funny that we think that we can know that. But anyway, right. is that it gives you it gives you space to allow yourself to have insight and to recognize opportunity and to see things that you didn't see before because you hadn't been in this experience before of taking risk and risk and starting to dream. And I know that I've been watching your Instagram and I can see that you started to talk about something that got me very excited. And it's this idea of intentional leadership. And I wondered, as I saw you writing about it, if this is an example of this exact thing so that your zone of genius became more in focus as a result of you not knowing everything. Yes, absolutely. It's an example of that. And I think the biggest thing I would say is I see a lot of folks who want to have a business and hold back thinking they have to figure everything out perfectly before they ever put themselves out there. And I think that's a real stumbling block. Everything I've learned has been by doing. You, you have to start with <laughs> what you think you know, and it will evolve. And that's what's happened for me for sure. And that is how the concept of intentional leadership came to me. Now, looking back, I would say that's something I've been doing for decades, but I would not have been able to name it as that or to be able to talk about it and articulate about it without having first talked about how I thought I would describe what I mean. And over time, I realized, no, this is what I mean. I mean, choosing to show up as a leader wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And so, yes, absolutely. That's an example of evolving by doing. You know, I just got so giddy when I saw it. I'm like, what the heck? Ooh, look what's happening here. Because actually, we met in one of those masterminds together. So we were in a little accountability group, which was super fun. And this is where it's peer-led and the mastermind uh, leader, the coach, has an opportunity if you want to get involved in accountability groups. So that's how we met. And so Cheryl and I know each other. We haven't talked about business in in a while, it probably a year. Yeah, right? it's been quite a while. Yeah. So I've been following you and and I'm like, oh, look at something's happening. This is the time for the podcast interview. That's what I thought. 
<laughs> I got, oh, what's yeah. going on there? So what would you say, what lessons did you learn from the whole experience of transitioning to this new entrepreneurial career direction where you are in charge? Okay, so many lessons, but some of my favorites are the joy of being a beginner again. I think that I wanted to keep learning and I thought that would be fun. And there are definitely days where it's less fun, but for the most part, it's an absolute joy to at this stage of my life where I thought like, okay, I'm in the middle or I'm past the middle to go, (laughs) no, you know what? I'm gonna start something brand new. It's exciting and exhilarating. And so that has been an absolute joy and to realize that there's more I can do yet. I'm not done. And I think that sometimes after 20 years, you can feel like this is it. Yeah, you feel like you're at the end instead of the beginning. And I have to agree with you. It never occurred to me that this would be one of the most rewarding, fulfilling and exciting phases of my professional life. I, I never would have predicted that. Me neither. I would have thought that at this point I'm coasting so that I can just like make money and look after my family. And what I realized is, as I mentioned to you earlier, I didn't want to coast. That wasn't Mm -hmm. fun. That didn't sound fun for me. And so I think, yeah, just realizing the excitement and what a boost that would be and has been is probably the biggest lesson is that it was it's worth every bit of uncertainty or having to be brave to experience that exhilaration of realizing I've got more in me. I can do something else totally different. And sometimes you have to trust your intuition when you make these pivots and decisions. There's more decision making than you could ever imagine. And you have to just keep moving and make the decisions. So what's that like for you? You know what? I think that has that's one of the things I've developed since starting my business more so. I think I was really strong at it in my corporate leadership and especially over the years, as I got farther and farther on, I got very comfortable with, I know what I'm doing. I can trust myself. And then at the beginning of my business journey, I was kind of like, no, I better hire experts for everything. I don't know what I'm doing. And then I realized, no, 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 wait, I do. And the more that I tap into that and lean into that, the more successful I am, the better I feel, the happier I am. And so I think learning that, yes, it's there. And I can tap into that intuition and to my experience. Like the other thing is that intuition is built on my lived experience, the experience that I've had in my work life. It's based on something. It's not from nowhere. Oh, you're right. It's not an accident. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like you've been making decisions your whole career and leaning into things, but there was a bigger kind of safety net in corporate, right? But these decisions you know, you really, you make them, you move toward. And if you fail, you fail. If you think of failing as learning, you just learn and move on. Like, exactly. Keep exactly. on moving. And yeah. And, and you get data the- and information. And like, the more you keep going and taking action, the more you learn, as opposed to sitting at your desk and planning forever, which is tempting. But I don't think you learn best that way. We love to plan because it's a safe way to be when you're not putting yourself out there. Another thing that you mentioned in your notes was the power of making friends and associating with more people who have similar interests. Uh, what's, What's that been like? That's been very important for me, actually. And I forgot to mention that, but I'm glad you brought it back up because... It's been huge in the transition from corporate into being a business owner. 
I didn't have anyone in my personal life who owned a business. No one. There wasn't anyone I could talk to who could understand the new risks I was taking and why I was doing it um, and, you know, the big dreams that I had. And so finding places where I could be with other entrepreneurs has been absolutely huge for me. And I feel like that's been a success so far as well is all the friends that I've made, all the people I've met, like you, Susie, that I would have never met otherwise, that we have common ground. And I, I feel like I have many people now that I can message and say, oh, I'm stuck or I'm having a bad day or I need some help or I want to celebrate something. And they'll understand and be excited to talk to me too. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. It's so important. And I think recognizing that as an entrepreneur and also recognizing that at this time in your life as a midlife woman, that's yes. another time in life where we don't have as many friends or the type of friends and relationships that we thought we would have at this age. And like you, my life has blown up with new people, which seems crazy because here we sit home based. I'm in a little corner of the house, not going very many places. I mean, with the pandemic, it's even worse. Right. And I've never had so many new connections and acquaintances and colleagues and friends at any other point in my life. And it's real support. It's so interesting to see because I think it is also very easily to be isolated. Yes. And to be in your own little world of looking after your own little family and your own little tasks and forget to make time for friends. Uh, but I actually think for me, it's been easier right now because it's, it is all from the comfort of my home and it's been easier to connect with people. And it's been amazing to see that those are real connections. These are real people Absolutely. on the other side of that Zoom or, you know, the social media that I've actually connected with. They care about me as a person. I care about them as a person. And that's been a huge gift. And I think you're right that no matter what you're doing at this stage in life, it's something worth investing in. Oh, I, I, it's such a big deal. And, you know, I have the Women in the Middle Academy and one of the main components of the Academy is the social community piece that when I first <clears throat> started this work, I didn't appreciate that it was such a, such a need. And then as an entrepreneur, I realized the same thing. I'm like, oh my God, I better get with some people or I'm going to have a problem because I really could just be here by myself with my dog and my bird. And so I really um, invest in that, not just time, but if I invest in I, I paid communities, too. Okay. And I think it's it's just so important to do what you need to do and to get the support you need and be an intentional entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, have more intention okay. for sure. So what advice would you give other women in the middle out there who are in a midlife funk? They're stuck, but they're afraid. Hmm. So I actually, I wrote down three things for this question because I think that these are going to be the most valuable pieces of advice. So the first one is give yourself some time and space. So one of the things I coach on a lot, I know I'm a leadership coach, but I also consider myself a time management expert. And so one of the things I coach on a lot is look for the things that are should do's or nice to do's and let them go off your list so that, and in this case, sometimes people are very hesitant to create time for nothing. But giving yourself time and space is not nothing. It's important. And so I think that's the first thing so, so that you good. can start to think about what you want going forward. So in my story, you heard that I didn't immediately know what was next. 
But because I took the time to, and I gave myself the time to let myself think about it, I figured it out. The second piece of advice is talk to the important people in your life. So I think that it's very easy to assume you know what people expect of you. And I think as a midlife, for me as the breadwinner in my family, for example, and I know that many of your listeners are probably in a similar position where you feel like I have to keep making the exact same amount of money. So the only way I can make a change is if I keep bringing in the exact same income from day one. Yep. We know what that isn't always true. And often the people who love you just want you to be happy. And there might be more to that conversation than you think. And so have the conversations is my second piece of advice. So good. And then the last one is, and you know, this is cliche, but it's cliche for a reason is prioritize doing what's best for you, even if it feels super uncomfortable, because it's what's going to work out the best for everyone in the long run. Really? (laughs) I think we know this. But it's sometimes hard for you, right? It's so hard. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought it up. We need the memo. We need the reminder. We're just so used to putting ourselves last. It's so uncomfortable to own being happy and that, that it's okay to put yourself first and put you on the agenda. So what is best for you is worthy of being on the agenda. So good. I'm so glad you wrote those down there. You were right. Super valuable. Oh, my gosh. Aren't we silly sometimes (laughs) what we believe? (laughs) It's true. It's always easier to give other people advice than accept it yourself. Oh, my gosh. But yes, we need the reminders, right? So good. So good. All right. So you're amazing. And I'm sure somebody wants to get a hold of you. So how can people find you? Thank you. Thank you. So I think you mentioned it already. Instagram is definitely my favorite place to hang out and everything I'm going to be up to is always shared there. But in case you're not on Instagram, I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn. And my handle is at Cheryl Marie Dawson. And I know you'll put that in the show notes for folks. I would love to connect with you. So if you listen to the episode, I'd love it if you send me a message and let me know what you enjoyed. And uh, I'd love to connect with folks on Instagram. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. That's great. And I have to say, Cheryl's Instagram is gorgeous. It's just so aesthetically pleasing. You're going to love it. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really so impressed with your story and your ability to explain it and remind us all that there really could be gold on the other side if you can take the time, create the space and value what you want enough to take a little risk every now and again, right? It's worth it. It's so worth it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. I am so happy you had a chance to meet Cheryl. I love that she believes in the importance of starting with what you know and being patient and open to the path you're on. As Cheryl says, she evolved by doing. Really appreciate that. You evolve when you don't know all of the answers. It's kind of counterintuitive, right? Transitioning to be an entrepreneur allowed Cheryl to experience the joy of being a beginner again. So many of us are not into that. It can feel scary and weird to be a beginner. But as she points out, it can also feel exciting. So taking this kind of risk and transition can be worth it because it's more fun than you might even imagine. Learning to trust yourself and lean into your actual experience in your life and your career 
can really change your life in oh so many amazing ways. (laughs) The more you keep going and taking action, the more you learn. Okay, so that is it for this episode. As you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you become the queen of your brain domain. What this means is learning how to get better by catching yourself in the act of thinking and wasting less time spinning and feeling stuck because you figured out what you want and how to get there. This is what regret-proofing your life is all about. Now, if you want to go faster, the bottom line is that change is easier and faster with coaching and support. It really is. And I can help. You really have to join us in the Women in the Middle Academy. It's my six-month coaching program to teach you how to get the clarity and excitement in your life again that you've been looking for. Don't waste another second feeling stuck. Book your momentum call and we will take it from there. Head over to www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, go to www.susierosenstein.com and click on the podcast tab to find the information about this episode. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.